Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast, where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. Welcome to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast. And today our performance conversation is with Rich Cardona. And why do we have him as our special guest? Because you're going to understand that Rich is a storyteller. He helps executives and entrepreneurs become more visible with the video storytelling. And we're going to understand why he got into storytelling and why video is so important. Rich also comes to us from the Washington, D.C. area. I love this conversation, and you will too, because Rich just really knows how to bring value to the masses only if you're visible, and that's where our conversation is going to go. He's also a retired Marine, and we're going to have a really awesome conversation around there. So, Rich, thank you to today's podcast episode. I am so happy to be here. I'm so glad we met, and I love your energy. It always takes me to another level, so I'm very ready to to bring value to your audience and and do whatever I can to help people in any area that we choose to discuss. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, you and I connected because I've watched you on LinkedIn and you're somewhat of a master influencer. And I love that you deliver such value all the time. And so you talk about like creating, repairing, and amplifying personal and company brands and doing it through video strategy. So like take us there for a minute and um, what do you do and why are you doing it? I create content for executives because they don't have the time to do it. And, and anyone out there who's trying to enhance their personal brand or their business, uh, I know has a, a very innate realization that video content is the way to go because that is what's going to stop people from scrolling. We're all on our phones all the time. 80% of you know, Americans are going through their social media more than two and a half hours a day, whether you're in the Starbucks line or anywhere else. So, so you have to make a conscious choice on how you are going to have a presence on these platforms. And a lot of people you know, realize that it's a, a lot. It, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. However, we all have value to bring. You have value to bring. I have value to bring. A lot of the people we know have value to bring. But you can only truly bring value to the masses if you're visible. And the way to do that is through a video content strategy. And uh, that's just something... I don't want to say I fell into it. I was doing a lot of trial and error with what I was passionate about and what I wanted to pursue. And I, and I landed on that. And it has been more fulfilling than anything because I literally tell your story for you in a way by, by just doing interview style content. And that's how you reach your audience, the audience that you're not reaching that you need to be reaching. Right. So it's capitalizing on a totally different component to business. And I also too like the video side of it though, because there's trust and transparency, right? Yes. When you're doing the video side. What is it about video specifically though? I mean, like give us a little bit of insight. Why do you think video is like so important today? And what is it that's different about like reading a blog or maybe even listening to a podcast? What, what is video? Well, so blogging became extremely relevant. I mean, you know, the Seth Godin's out there, Tim Ferriss's, I mean, they, they, they started with blogging and everyday blogging, insightful, 
whether it's an insightful article on productivity, whether it's a makeup tutorial with pictures. I mean, it, that was the way to go. And then we started kind of getting into podcasting. Podcasting blew up and now that's kind of leveling out as well. You know, and I, you and I have a podcast and it's made for certain audiences, uh, audiences that are at the gym, on the treadmill or driving to work and have 22 perfect minutes to listen to an amazing podcast like this. However, again, there's a larger audience. So you have to look at social media now and Marlo, you can't tell me a single social media platform that doesn't incorporate video into its main strategy. And the reason is they want people to spend more time on that platform. And if there's an article that doesn't grab your attention within the first sentence or two, you're going to scroll right past it. If you see a picture, you could get a glimpse of a picture and know whether or not you want to watch it. However, if you see a play button and a still frame of something with a captivating title, you are probably going to be inclined to press play. Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, they all want you to stay on their platform because that is one of the most measured aspects of their platform, which is watch time and obviously YouTube as well. So can you bring the value and can you go to where the audience is? I kind of look at it like a stream. You know, There's a stream of water going and you could kind of go against the current or with the current. So incorporating a video strategy is going to do exactly that. More importantly, what it really does is although you and I have a great virtual connection, right now and on a podcast and how we had on the phone, it would be pretty much 10x if I could see you and see your body language, you know, see your smile, see how enthusiastic you are. If you could see me right now with my hands flying everywhere, it, it just kind of makes that virtual connection a little bit more emotional and a little bit more tangible. It does. Yeah, it puts people in the room together, right? And I mean, we're in such industry today that we have the ability to do that. And it's just mind blowing. I mean, how we Absolutely. can actually feel like we know somebody and we d- we've never even met them, but we can do it because we've seen them or we're in the room with them and we do have that video connection. So Absolutely. really powerful. Okay. So you talk about too, and before we go into other topics, I mean, you talk about maybe even having job seekers make more informed decisions and making sure that there's even a cultural fit. So this kind of aligns to that by being able to, to see something. Take us there for a minute. This is dramatically important for me as someone who wants to help revolutionize the way people approach jobs and the way people post jobs. You and I, I think, had a discussion about the, the confidence issues that can arise when you see a job description and when you see job qualifications that we know are complete BS a lot of the times and that people don't need that much experience or this exact number of years of experience or that they don't actually need this qualification. But what if you're a hiring manager, or what if your business, small business, big business, put a video out and explain the job in detail? What if you were able to find and and establish a virtual and emotional connection very much in line with what I was just talking about that allowed the job seeker to say, you know what? Like, I would love to work for someone like that. If there's more people at that company, or there's more people that work with that person like this, then I'm probably going to be inclined to make a better decision simply uh, rather than simply going off the convoluted qualifications and description that I'm looking at right now. Right. And, and that's, that's my feeling. And I really think it's going to be the game changer in the future. It is. It is. So how do you find that? So like, you know, how do you find your tribe when you're trying to make that career change or that transition? And, you know, how does it feed into, into this? 
Absolutely. So finding your tribe when you're making a big career change, or obviously in my example, in my example, uh, when we talked on the phone, leaving the military, I kind of felt like I'm in a completely different world now. I'm in culture shock. I, I felt like, uh, you know, am I going to have trouble assimilating? You know, and, and and one thing I just need to say about a lot of military members is, you know, there's this inclination to kind of push your military experience down a little bit to feel legitimized to to kind of make make everyone else think that you are legitimate, that you're cut out for civilian work. And, and obviously, the other side of that extreme is being way too attached to your military experience and, and you know, clearly not being able to assimilate. However, in order to find your tribe, you have to find yourself. Meaning, if you are in the midst of any kind of transition, career, service to another industry, whatever it may be, you have to find yourself first. And that, in, and that involves conducting an audit. And, and I think you and I really agree on this, that it takes a, a very paramount uh, amount of self-awareness where you have to kind of determine where do I really belong and what do I need? And, and I don't mean just staying in the same industry and saying, okay, like I know I, I, know, I know this technical skill. It's more than that. I, I, I know what I need as an in- emotionally intelligent human being. I know I need to be around extroverted people, but who are also very deep thinkers and have an intense bias for action. Or I know that I need to be in a slower paced environment with people that are very hyper focused and that we have very few meetings because we want to increase productivity by this amount. Uh, There's there's a lot of differences, but what it takes is having an uh, insane amount of self-awareness and realizing what do you as an individual need? Not what can I give everyone and what can everyone give me, but what just what do I need as a human being to function and just be happy and to deliver my best possible work? And I think at that starting point is where you're going to start to kind of develop you know, an understanding of how you were going to form your tribe. Right. Okay. So take us through your personal example, though, Rich. I mean, you're a retired um, <laughs> officer, you know, yes. and, and then look at you today as an entrepreneur, you know, self-starter. <laughs> You've had a high level of influence. I mean, take us to your personal story, though, and, and how you have been able to conduct your own audit and yes. self-awareness. I mean, give us some tips and pointers for those. So I, I absolutely will. I think, and this is going to sound unbelievably basic, but I start, once I left, I was very disgruntled at my last company, a very big company that a lot of people know, but I left and I was unhappy. And what I started doing was I, I traded in everything I, I thought I needed for, again, what, what I needed. So I downsized and my, my, my family and I moved into a much smaller place. We stopped eating out so much. I stopped focusing on, on buying unnecessary things like clothes and everything like that. And what I started focusing on, Marla, this is nuts, but I just started saying hello to basically everyone I passed on the street. I started having conversations with people at the gym. If I was at the grocery store, I started being extremely, you know, trying to be extremely empathetic of that cashier who'd been on their feet for eight hours. And what I was doing was just literally creating muscle memory and creating a situation where I was just being vulnerable and allowing others to be vulnerable. Uh, and that kind of transcended into what I started doing, which was interviewing leaders and influencers. And I don't like to say interview. I like to just more say, say conversations. And, and eventually, I started recording them and having cameras around. So the key there was kind of just building the muscle memory to interacting with people. And then I transcended that online and by starting and by having kind of an engagement. I don't want to say a strategy. But just really dedicating myself to having engagement. And that engagement, Marlo, when I really started focusing, especially on my favorite platform, which is LinkedIn, I started building my connections by a thousand a month. 
And it's, it's transcended into unbelievable conversations, business connections, and networking. Okay. So who are some of the influential people that you had those conversations with? Anybody know? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, Claude Silver uh, was my, my very first kind of interviewee, uh, so to speak. She's the chief heart officer at VaynerMedia. Uh, we had a connection on LinkedIn and I decided to make that uh, virtual connection into a face-to-face connection. Uh, that led to Gary Vaynerchuk. That led to I uh, grew into Shalene Johnson, who invented, who has the Pio program on Beachbody. She also has the Marketing Impact Academy. Dory Clark, who's a five-time best-selling Forbes uh, author, uh, and just just enormous amount, uh, you know, people with enormous amounts of influence who are very well known. And it wasn't my me being enamored, and I think we talked about this on the phone, mm-hmm. like we being did. enamored with power, but yes. more importantly, yeah, just just people who who just, you know, have something very valuable. It's not about their, their notoriety. It's more about their dedication to bringing people value and helping them look at something different. And, and this is something that was very behind the scenes that I was, that I was simultaneously working on was my BS meter. <laughs> like, ah, I, yes. you know, I, I mean, it is, it's unbelievable. The more people you meet, the more you're able to kind of sniff out the type of people you want to surround yourself with and the ones you don't. And I, and I want to just make a quick point that there's a very big difference. When you're forming your tribe, you are going to see that there's a very big difference between your inner circle and the people that are in your corner. And, and that is just something that has allowed me to be more selective, so to speak, into not only finding my tribe, but finding the people that are going to help me bring value to the masses. Absolutely. I call that qualifying, right? Like, yes. you know, we don't just bring anybody. When, when you put up an expectation that you're going to allow excellence, I think, and it's not from a boastful spirit, but I think no. when you can qualify somebody and just know that they are in pure alignment with who you are, what you do, and the value that you bring, I think right there's the magic. And it's powerful because we've all been on phony conversations or been in those ex, you know those experiences and they're just they're just void and they're shallow. Yep. Jump into that. Like I, I just wanted to it. say like like my biggest qualifier is altruism. I mean, there is just a t- tangible feeling that I get and it's unmistakable when I know that some of the people I'm talking to operate out of pure altruism. Now, don't get me wrong, revenue is clearly a part of all our businesses and all our objectives because we want to be able to sustain some of the things that we want to do. But it's, it's just very easy for me to kind of weed out the people that like to hear themselves talk and the people that have ascended to high positions because they like to climb the corporate ladder versus the people that are just go out of their way. You know, whether it be any social media platform and, and this, forget video for a second, whether it's video, whether it's podcasting, whether it's written, whether it's virtual chats that really have extreme intentionality, like you mentioned, or intentionality to, to just enhance people's lives, whether it's personal or professional. And that is literally how I get drawn to the people that I interview. Yeah. And I've always said passion over paychecks, right? You know, stay in that passion zone, be passionate about who you are, who you qualify yourself with, you know, all of those things. And the paychecks do follow. They, they really do. And it's, again, it's just you're bringing in a different level of passion by, you know, your altruism and knowing that these people are very powerful and do deserve to work with you. 
But I'm sure Absolutely. I've seen this. Okay, so take us to like that military background though. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, there's got to be some sense of connectivity in what you've learned there and how you execute today professionally in business. Give yes. us some insight to that. It's so funny that you mentioned that. I, I met up with another creator this morning uh, and, and I love that. Anytime I have the ability to turn a virtual connection into a face-to-face connection, I jump on it. So uh, I met up with this creative this morning. We were having coffee and it turned out her husband uh, had been in the army uh, as well for a long time. And well, he's in the army. I was in the Marine Corps, but so many of our paths were, were parallel. And we talked about the difficulty transitioning. So before I get into like how I use my military background, I want to get into something that, that kind of separates us in a, in a not so great way. And that is our ability to execute. Now we can execute, execute, execute all day, but there was always kind of an overarching mission. Uh, there was always a kind of obligation to fulfill things that had to do with national security or for the betterment of the United States or whatever it may be. But we were always kind of executing. There was always a very clear mission. When you kind of venture out into entrepreneurship, that all goes away. And someone who's an executor now needs to be the person who develops the mission, the vision, the values, the everything. And you know, I, I, I now have a small staff and I find myself having to develop checklists after checklists and standards. And, and I was always a person who was following those or improving them. So that's, that's almost a drawback is, is kind of shifting that mindset. Now to take it to where to, you know, back to your question on how does it parallel I stood out at my last company in a very weird way. And I think we discussed this as well. But I was a black sheep because I had the technical competence, which is clearly important. But I also had this, in my opinion, this very high emotional intelligence that allowed my hourly associates and my managers that were, in, that were under me or around me to just have this insanely happy, productive, and just fierce culture. And whenever I would get asked, Rich, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, can you write down the systems and the processes you're, you're, you know, you're executing on to get these numbers? I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I just talk to my people. I try to give them value. I work alongside the people that are on their feet 10 hours a day and show them I could do it better than them. And that inspires them to do better because if the manager can do it, then I, then, you know, I can do it. Or I come out of a meeting of senior executives and I come out and I talk to the people that have no business knowing some of those conversations, and I don't mean because they were private, but because it's so high level, I would break it down for them. So it comes down to officership in the Marine Corps, which was bringing it down all the way to the lowest level. Does the private or the private first class understand why you're doing and you know what you're doing and why you're doing it? And that has played an intricate part in, into my success because it's customer service. It's customer service. I, I mean, right. if I can't explain to you my value proposition and a clear why and my why, which is equally important, you know, which, uh, which is what I discuss with clients, I mean, then, then it's a lost cause to begin with. So, so that kind of dedication to making sure everyone was on the same page uh, has paid dividends for me uh, in entrepreneurship. Yeah, emotional intelligence, right? And it's it's the bloodline to the business that I work with. And, you know, I've always said people are my product. And, um, you know, when, when they are and everybody's different, then you need to know how to pivot, right? You need to know how to connect. You need to know how to influence. And I think you have mastered those things. And I think that's really what you share by having, obviously, the technical competence, but you also have that emotional intelligence. I mean, your ability to connect to people and to really help them be productive. And, and you know, I want to just make a point. So like 
all the influencers and the executives and the CEOs that I've interviewed, I, I mean, I'm glad I have a good radar, so to speak. But when we talk, it is so unbelievably casual. It's important to just recognize that leaders and, and people that are necessary, you know, some of the people carrying out some of the most important responsibilities of the business and diligently doing so are just regular people. And, and you could only get that from practice. And that is where emotional product, you are able to kind of remove yourself from the situation and realize that that person across from you, while they can be massively successful, maybe have gone through unbelievable trials and tribulations or have a special needs child or is going through a divorce or hasn't slept well in months. You know, it, it's, it's simply really just kind of being empathetic to everyone, no matter what their position, no matter what their status. And that, that is why I'm so, I mean, you could probably hear the passion, but that's why I'm so passionate. I just want to talk to people learn from them. And I want to share what I can with everyone else out there who's a young, impressionable leader looking to, to, to kind of really just live with passion and live with purpose. Absolutely. And, and that's why we connected too, Rich. I mean, and I could tell that just first off that you're very empathetic and you were super vulnerable. I mean, you were just um, so willing to share and connect. And I really value that. And I think most of us do. And so many people don't know how to do that, which by listening to this episode, I think they're relating to it though and understanding more why that's so powerful and how you need to create that awareness for yourself. If you're not a vulnerable person, learn how to be. And, yes. you know, and there's a lot of power within that. Okay, so what podcast do you host, Rich? I mean, give us the name of your podcast. Give us your digits. Where can we find you? <laughs> so my podcast is coming out uh, September 5th, which is my birthday. And that was obviously intentional. But my podcast, I'm starting a new podcast and it's called The Leadership Locker. It's where I interview today's influencers uh, to share their lessons with the leaders of tomorrow. And there's going to be a special focus on, on it's going to be two weeks, uh, every, I'm sorry, two episodes a week. And one is going to be very, very much centered around lessons that we can give to veteran entrepreneurs or those seeking uh, entrepreneurship after service. And then on YouTube, uh, you could find me at Rich Cardona and Rich Cardona Media for Facebook and Instagram. I am absolutely happy to hop on a call or a Zoom call with anyone interested in video content or at least get a better understanding of why it's massively successful and probably why your competitors are doing it if you haven't started. Absolutely. Okay. So you can also learn more about Rich Cardonia at our website, marlohiggins.com, where you can add Rich to your circle of influence, connect to his resources, and put him in alignment for your own business. Because you can just hear he's somebody you want to work with, right? He's pretty, uh, pretty talented and very connected. So thank you so much, Rich. This has been so much fun to host this with you and get to know you as an individual. So thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. And I cannot wait to have you on the Leadership Blocker. Absolutely. So we invite you to share this podcast with others and we thank you in advance for your partnership. If you enjoyed this episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway on our Perform and Get Paid Community Facebook page where we will engage and respond to your questions. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance in sales. To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit marlohiggins.com and click on the Work With Me tab to schedule a call. 
Did you like this podcast? If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to gain clarity and remove self-doubt, plus some personal insights from me that I only share in email, get yourself over to marlohiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe, leave a review and tell all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.